We started culturally speaking to indulge our curiosity about the way others live and a desire to inspire conversations about how we have far more in common than we realise. The following episode contains references to suicide and self-harm. Hi, my name is Amy Sinha. Uh, I live in Swansea in South Wales in the UK and I'm a voiceover artist, uh, but I've been a singer for 20 years and I moved over to voiceovers at the end of 2019 and I've been doing it ever since. I mean, I was born in um, South Wales um, and my parents, my family are from India. Um, they moved down here. My dad was working as a, as a GP. Um, and then I was on a family trip to India and I think they realized that my eyes were cloudy and they didn't know why and I kept on falling over. So we came back here to South Wales and um, I was diagnosed with cataracts and that was at the age of about 18 months. And so they did an operation and they thought actually that I'd be blind. But um, the doctor was amazing, he's a really amazing children's eye doctor, and he managed to save a little bit of my eyesight. Um, so it kind of, the problems just kind of started from that. And then um, after that, I, um, I think uh, my first memory actually is of wearing mittens on my hands. Um, and I didn't really know why I was wearing them. And then I think I had to learn that it was because that I used to burn myself and because I couldn't feel hot and cold. And at that time, I then was diagnosed by the doctor having this rare medical condition called um, sensory neuropathy type 2, where I couldn't feel hot or cold or pain. So I kept injuring myself. So I needed uh, the mittens on my hands uh, to protect myself from when I cut them or from when I burnt them as well. Um, and then not only that, with the condition, it kind of meant that I um, developed osteoarthritis as well as my, my height stopped growing um, at the age of 11. And I think that's really how, I think people need to know that to know then how, why my life has gone the way it has and um, all the things that have happened because of that. Me living with my disabilities, I think it was, um, I think my memory of that was, it's just a struggle uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, every day was hard, waking up was was hard because moving was hard um, and getting out of bed was was just tiring and, and I'd just come out of sleep um, I'd just been sleeping for so long and then just moving which just made me tired and I think that's really what I remember and and I think the energy levels of having to do all of that on a day-to-day -day basis so then when I was singing it was um, even though I loved to sing it was it was tiring um, and because of that uh, the confident my confidence level was as quite low and uh, because I had other things to think about not only you know the singing but everything that goes along with it and and I think the reason why I went into voiceovers now I see is because it's taken a long time to get my confidence and have a voice and actually tell people my story and I think um, it kind of resonates with the whole voice thing and by by telling my story it kind of I maybe helps other people um, with theirs and maybe influence them to tell their story as well that they know because when I was growing up I didn't see many people like me I didn't see many short people so I thought I was the only one that was my height um I didn't see any people that had arthritis and I used to limp a lot again I didn't see anybody like there was either people in wheelchairs or not so it was very extreme I didn't see anybody in the middle 
So I think maybe I come across as it's like a hidden disability that's actually quite stressful because then I was worrying about what other people thought of me, which is a, a crazy thing, really, because I had to go through this all myself. So I should have been worrying what, what I was feeling rather than how other people viewed me, which is a little bit insane now I think back. So I think that, that looking back at it now, and I think those steps have kind of led to this and to where I am now to actually um, using all my knowledge and all of my experience to kind of maybe just spread a little bit of... Um, Oh, what's the word? Enlightenment to, to, you know, what other people are going through that maybe they're not telling you. I think one aha moment was when I was 16. And um, it just it just happened like it was a light bulb that turned on. I think I turned 16. And something just happened where I didn't want to, I think, before that time, I was living in a state of just existing. It wasn't in a, in a state of living, even though there were some happy memories, you know, my family and we did have fun and you know musical and we sang it was just yeah that's all I can explain it is describe it as more so it was just existing on a on a day-to-day level it kind of um yeah (laughs) it's hard um to to kind of put it into words but I that that was the 16 when I turned 16 it was when I decided that I wanted to live and things needed to change for myself but to become more happy and I think I cared that's what it I cared that I wanted to be happy and I didn't want my life to be just about existing I wanted to live um and I think that's the best way and then the the next aha moment came um I think it was only about a couple of years ago when I realized that I didn't want to be in the music industry anymore um I, I didn't want to be around those types of people they were very toxic and I've been depressed for years because of the types of people that I've been around. Even though I had my set friends who were very positive, I let the music music people or the people that I met in the music industry define how I was going to feel. Um, and that was another aha moment to, to move myself away from that and separate myself from those kind of people um, to become in a, get more in a happier place than I was. Discovering my voice has really impacted my life because I think it has helped me to become more free. Um, I don't feel like I have to hide things like I used to. Um, I think for so much majority of my life, I feel like I couldn't be who I was and tell people everything that was going through. Maybe because I felt like they were going to judge me. Yeah, that's probably one of the things that they were going to judge me and not look at me in, in the same way that if. I hadn't told them well that like that like they did treat you know treat me um so that has really been a big help and yeah just becoming more free in myself and I think I'm more happier because of it because I can be honest with people and it's either you accept me for who I am or don't and it doesn't bother me I think before I really used to care what people thought about me and I think that had a lot to do with being surrounding myself with those kind of people and being in an industry that is quite superficial about what people look like and um yeah just you know the who people are on a superficial level nobody wants to know their actual opinions what they actually think and especially as a woman be um, jazz I was in a you know in um I studied jazz and it's very male dominated and it's a very um repressive environment women um you're not really seen as proper musicians if you're just a singer and I was kind of treated that way so everything has led to this and I do feel more more myself and more free
I'm wearing contact lenses right now and then I wear glasses, but without them, I, it's just all blurry, all blurry. It's like the rain coming down onto the window um, and smashing really hard and the fog misting up um, and that's and, and looking through that. And that's all how I can describe how my seeing is just normally um, without any eyesight aids. And I guess the feeling, um, the the sensory neuropathy, the way it feels is it's um, it's numb. So you can't, I can't feel anything. So uh, although I can feel, you can feel the hands, I can feel my hands, or I can feel touching things, but I can't feel any sort of heat coming out of it. So I can't feel when I have an ice lolly, I can't feel that it's cold. Um, in when I touch it or when I put it anywhere in my body. Um, I think that's the way to describe it. And then the osteoarthritis, the way to guess to describe that is just aching, achiness, um, not really being able to move properly. Um, not, I think it's just hard, hard to move and, and hard, you can't run or you can't walk very easily um, and you need help. Um, but it is hard to describe to, I think when, when you're talking about that, I think the seeing thing is kind of an easy thing to describe because looking through a misted window, but, um, the feeling is a bit, is a, is a hard one to describe because it's, it's hard to describe how you can't feel hot and cold unless I felt hot and cold, but because I've never felt hot and cold, um, I don't know what it's like. <laughs> uh, I, no, I think my voice is the only thing that's not impacted by my disabilities. I mean, when I'm reading the script, I do have to enlarge it so I can read it. That's the only, I think, barrier that I have uh, with doing the voiceovers. But with the singing, I guess that's why it's lasted for so many years, my voice that, um, I mean, it is physical. It, with singing and using your voice is, is a physical, so it's tiring if you're doing it properly because it's all about the diaphragm and your posture has to be a certain way for you to get the sound, the right sound to come out. Um, so in, in that way, it kind of is a little bit physically tiring, so it can affect, um, but if I do it slowly and I take it into, I split my time into various sections and I prioritize what's important, I think the disabilities doesn't affect it um, so much. You know what, my life would be so different if I didn't have any disabilities. I mean, it would just, um, I, I, I tend to do what ifs all the time. I like to play that game. Uh, what if I had perfect eyesight? Let's see, what if, what if I had perfect eyesight? I think, um, well, actually, <laughs> what if? And I had a, because I used to feel bad um, growing up that I was affecting my family because we had to be in hospital back and forth and, and I, I could see how it was affecting my family. So for years and years, I used to think that life would be better without me. And I thought that for a long time and until I had a conversation, I think with my sister and my mum, I think I was about 22 and I said how I was feeling and, and apparently, <laughs> so they said if I didn't have the eyesight, uh, didn't have the cat tracks, um, we were supposed to move back to India. Um, and because I had the cataracts and they wanted to stay in this country for the operation, um, they decided to stay here permanently. So if that particular episode didn't happen, I think I'd still be back in, we'd be back in India and life would be completely different to what it is now. Um, so that's one, that's a one, you know, what if played out. Um, and because of that, uh, if I didn't have the rest 
of my disabilities, yeah, life would be completely different. I'd be normal. Um, I wouldn't suffer so much pain, I guess, every day. Maybe my confidence issues would be great. But then saying that, um, my life would be completely different anyway because I wouldn't be in the UK. Um, I'd be in India and I'd be a completely different person. And so would my family. Um, so playing it out like that, one that one episode of having cat tracks would, would definitely change my reality. And I can't say how it would affect. I, I don't know how it would affect me. I can't say. <laughs> I don't know. I do have memories of when I was about eight or nine and before the arthritis set in um, for me to really consciously be aware of how this was going to affect my life. And I used to love watching TV and I used to watch a lot of LA law. And I really thought that was, I, I wanted to become a lawyer. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, I thought that'd be amazing because it just looked all glamorous. And funnily enough, my older sister is a lawyer right now, but yeah. <laughs> I think I survived um I was lucky I had a family uh, a very supportive family and uh, you know my two older sisters they were a big help in kind of helping me uh, get through life on a day-to-day -day basis they didn't let me sit in depression when I really wanted to you know I didn't want to move from the sofa I did become a tv addict because it was just so difficult to to move and they they forced me to go shopping when that was just a traumatic experience I used to hate shopping um, because it was just so difficult I couldn't stand for too long and looking at clothes was just for every girl I mean it's a brilliant thing isn't it that's what they want to do but for me it was a nightmare um just going shopping and um and I think um yeah if it wasn't for my family I probably wouldn't uh, be where I am right now and and I think it's also to do with um um my perspective in life I think my family was also very spiritual my mum was quite spiritual um and we used to go around we used to have go around to psychic fairs and you know have psychic readings and things like that and it was funny one psychic actually said this was when at, at a place where every I, I was quite low so I was suffering quite a lot I think I was 13 and one of them said to my mum that I see I see your youngest daughter holding um a certificate of graduating from university and nobody thought I would and none of the doctors thought I would as well actually they didn't think that I'd be able to do much and so we kind of dismissed it so then when I did actually graduate we kind of remembered that specific thing saying oh you know she's holding a degree you know we never thought we would and and it was after that time I think I started to um, believe in the law of attraction I read a book and called conversations with God and it kind of changed my whole perspective of life um, before that because the Indian family is you know destiny and things are meant to be and, and that was again that probably was a very um, depressing thing to to think because then you have no control over your life do you thinking in that kind of a way and but then reading that book made me realize that I do have control over my life and after after I read that book it was just a tiny implant thought but because of that um I realized that I could do anything I wanted to do and my life wasn't stuck to where I am right now and I could change things. And then I realized that when I put my mind to something, I could actually make it happen. Um, and then practicing that on a daily basis really did improve things. And I think that helped my mental health as well, because when I went, and obviously you go into low moments, isn't it? Nothing can stop you. Life isn't amazing all the time. Even if you try and be positive, it just doesn't happen. But I do know that when I'm in a depressive state, I know not to stay there for too long. So I allow myself a certain amount of time and then I get myself out of it because only then can you have 
move forward. And because once you're in that negativity, you go down that rabbit hole, it takes a lot more to bring yourself out of that state. So if you don't let yourself stay there for too long, that is a better thing. You'll be able to kind of move ahead more positively and be grateful for things around you. So be grateful. I'm grateful that I actually have a garden. Like today was an amazingly sunny day that I actually go out and enjoy the sunshine. And I know a lot of people don't have gardens, especially if they live in flats. So I think for me, it's just appreciating the little things and waking up every day. And and my uh, I've given myself one task and that's to just learn something new every day or experience something new. And then if I go to bed and I've done that, I'm happy, even if nothing else has happened during that day so it's just setting small little tasks for me to do every day um, and just have a, a little goal not big goals just have, have a big goal obviously but have like little goals to kind of um, just be happy about that that I've actually achieved them and I tip them off my list and then the next day comes and do the same thing my hopes for the future gosh that is a it's a good one because I have a lot of hopes actually <laughs> I hope that my um, voiceover business takes off uh, and I hope that I can, I can maybe, which is a bigger one, actually, I hope that I can have more of an effect on people. Um, and now that I've kind of come out of myself and um, given my permission to talk about it without bursting out crying, which is what I used to do before, uh, which actually is only six months ago, I'm not going to lie. So I've come a long way in a short space of time. So um, I really hope that I can help people who maybe have disabilities themselves and um, feel low and they don't know what to do or more importantly um, people who have kids with disabilities and don't know how maybe to um, to how to to help them themselves so maybe I can give some advice from both angles because I know um, growing up my family didn't have much support uh, so they suffered mentally and obviously I suffered because I had no support as well. So I think it would be brilliant to give kids more of a support um, going through, you know, tough challenges and, and, and it starts from within. So it's helping them with their self-confidence and then also helping them get their hair done or helping them, you know, get their nails, you know, to look nice um, because that also feel makes them feel good as well. So that is my hope. So my hope, my biggest hope is that I hope to affect people in a positive way and leave a lasting impression that is one of hope and positivity, that anything is possible, even whatever you're going through that, um, yeah, getting, sorry, I'm getting emotional now, um, but um, whatever is possible so happens. <laughs> oh, how would I rate my life out of 10? <laughs> um, you know what? I will give it an eight. I think it's great. There's still room for improvement. <laughs> um, definitely can be more. Uh, so yeah, I would give it an eight out of 10 with Watch This Space. Subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram at Culturally Speaking Podcast. You can also check out our website, culturallyspeaking.co.uk for a transcript of this episode. Share your stories or your show ideas with us by sending us an email at theculturallyspeaking at gmail.com.